Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. God bless you, my friends. This is Evangelist Kevin Wagner, founder of Wagner Ministries International, welcoming you to our podcast today. On our last podcast, we saw Peter and John being used by Jesus to heal the beggar at the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3. Today, we will see the fruit of the miracle, what resulted spiritually from that great miracle. I'm beginning to read from Acts chapter 3, verse 11. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Friends, you can imagine the scene. Peter and John coming up to the crowded temple with the ecstatic beggar literally hanging on them. As they approached Solomon's colonnade, the sophisticated people getting suntans were startled. You see, that was a place of resort in those days. Get out of my son! But then they realized who they were talking to. The same man they had condescended to give a meager coin to earlier that day. And the crowds gathered to see what this miracle was all about. They couldn't believe their eyes. And in a moment, they weren't going to be able to believe their ears either. 
And Peter stood up in the middle of that crowd of hundreds, perhaps thousands of people, and began to speak in a voice that rang as clear as a bell, words that would end up cha completely changing many lives that day. Peter's message that afternoon, only the second Christian sermon ever recorded, can teach us an extremely important thing. When we tell others about Jesus, we must use words that will speak to people where they are at. Many times in church and throughout the week, the people of God may speak the language of the people, but it's a dialect called Christianese, a language that few unbelievers understand. Washed in the blood of the Lamb, sanctified, redeemed, etc. We must communicate Jesus and the things of God in the language of this generation of souls that God has given us to win. That was Martin Luther's desire, you know, way back in the 1500s when the Protestant Reformation started, as he used the popular songs of the people of his day and changed the lyrics of them to make them into Christian songs. That's why there continue to be new translations of the Bible, so that this generation can better hear and understand the Word of God. That's why praise and worship music in our churches continues to evolve in keeping with the popular sounds of today, communicating Jesus in a contemporary and relevant way to this generation. Church growth must only happen in conjunction with standing firm on biblical doctrine. But it's not wrong to change the methods of communication. Tradition that doesn't go against biblical teaching isn't wrong, but if it serves as a barrier to communicating Jesus to people today, then we need to ask ourselves what we could be doing or not doing to be more effective. It's strange but true that many unbelievers are still just that, unbelievers. Not because they are turned off of Jesus and the Bible's message, but rather because the way that Jesus has been presented and communicated to them was through words they didn't understand or methods that turned them off. We would do well to follow Paul's motto in life, become all things to all people, so that we might strive to win them all to Christ. The second important thing we see in our lesson today is that Peter had a real God-given desire to see his Jewish brothers and sisters come to Christ repent of their sins, and get right with God. To do this, Peter used their language, quoting passages from the Old Testament that they would have known by heart, using Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as bridges between his people and the message of Jesus. It may seem unbelievable to us today, but, you know, until about a hundred years ago, Christians worldwide were guilty of largely ignoring the Jewish people when it came to evangelism. There may have been other, more socially acceptable reasons given for this lack of evangelistic concern, but under the surface often ran a strong current of anti-Semitism, an evil which continues to raise its ugly head in various places today. But that's why I thank God that we have Peter's example before us today. Peter knew the truth, that the Jewish person, as much as the non-Jew, as much as any human being who has ever lived, needs the forgiveness of sins that only the blood of Jesus can give to make us right with God. Peter knew, and on our next podcast, we'll hear him preaching to the Jewish leaders of that day, the truth of Acts 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. 
Peter knew the truth that the writer of Hebrews knew, that it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, as the Jewish sacrificial system relied on. Peter cared enough for his people to share God's truth with them, that it is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sins. Do we share this concern for the souls of God's chosen people? I am so thankful that ministries like Jews for Jesus, who share Peter's evangelistic uh, burden for the Jewish people, exist. There are two key things we can learn from ministries like Jews for Jesus. One, in general, Jewish people are more open and receptive to the message of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, when the message comes from their own people from Jews who share their roots, but who have been converted to Christ. But two, lest us Gentiles think that we're off the hook when it comes to ministry among the Jews, it is also true that Poles among Jewish people who recognize Jesus as the Messiah have shown that over 90% of Messianic Jews polled said that they were aroused to consider the claims of Christ because some Gentile Christian had shown them love. May I challenge you today, friends, to pray and support ministries like Jews for Jesus, which are committed to bringing Jesus Christ to the Jewish people? And even more importantly, may I challenge you to have a heart like Peter had, with a desire that all people everywhere, regardless of race or culture, may come to the only name under heaven by which we must be saved, Jesus Christ. I'll begin bringing this podcast to a conclusion today with some comments on Peter's one word of direction for his listeners that afternoon in Jerusalem. That one word is simply, repent. I'm reading now, beginning in Acts 3, verse 17. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. You know, old Noah's message from the steps going up to the ark was not, something good is going to happen to you. Amos was not confronted by the high priest of Israel for proclaiming, don't worry, be happy. Jeremiah was not put into the pit for preaching, I'm okay, you're okay. Daniel was not thrown into the lion's den for telling people, possibility thinking will move mountains. John the Baptist was not forced to preach in the wilderness and eventually beheaded because he preached, Smile, God loves you. The two prophets of the tribulation will not be killed for preaching, God is in his heaven and all is right with the world. Instead, friends, what was the message of all these men of God? Simple. One word. Repent. From beginning to end, the Bible requires all people everywhere to repent and be made right with God. Well, that's fine and dandy, you may say, but Evangelist Wagner, I already know that. Well, I suspect you may know that. I know that too. But you see, until we stop sinning, which won't fully happen this side of eternity, we need to keep hearing that it is time, in Peter's words, to repent then and turn to God so that our sins may be wiped out. Here's what repentance is like. When we are in a state of sin, it is like riding a bicycle into the wind. God appears to be against us. Yet, like the bicyclist who turns around and finds that the wind is helping him, 
if we repent and change the direction of our lives, we will find God working with us. God didn't change. We did. And as Martin Luther said, to do it no more, that is the truest repentance. People, today Peter's sermon makes sense as he's speaking down-to-earth words to the common people in everyday Jerusalem. He's speaking one of the most, one of the seemingly insignificant reasons why people today all around the world and in your city or town too are living dangerously close to destruction because of unrepentant hearts. And that reason is ignorance. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. Now, you who are listening today may not be ignorant of the laws of God. You may know your Bible well. That's good. But my friends, there are untold multitudes of people in our world, many remarkably in our own church backyards, who do not know about Jesus and the things of God. My heart breaks for these people. They aren't opposed to the things of God necessarily. It's just that no Christian has ever taken the time to share the truth of Jesus in love with these people. Friends, the world needs us to share Jesus with those who need him. Here's how the Apostle Paul puts it in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Oh, that it might be said of us that we have beautiful feet. Many people throughout the world and in our own backyards have very open hearts to the gospel. They simply need someone to share it with them, and then they'll ask, like the people on Pentecost Day, as they were cut to the heart by Peter's words and asked him and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? There is more openness to the gospel, you know, than we think as evidenced by the fact that the church swelled to 5,000 people that day when Peter preached his second sermon. Now, I'm not telling you this today because I'm naively and optimistically trying to pump you up, but rather because the Word of God says that the fields are now ready and ripe for harvest. Many people simply need you to share Jesus openly and lovingly with them. From you a person they can trust and with words stripped of Christianese spoken by someone who knows where they're at may you be this type of person in the days to come so if ignorance of the things of God is the first then pride is the second prime reason that people remain separated from God today living unrepentant lives we will see this in more detail on our next podcast as Peter brings Jesus to the Jewish leaders of his day. A minister, a boy scout, and a computer expert were the only passengers on a small plane. The pilot came back to the cabin and said that the plane was going down, but there were only three parachutes and four people. The pilot added, 
I should have one of the parachutes because I have a wife and three small children. So he took one and jumped. The computer whiz said, I should have one of the parachutes because I am the smartest man in the world and everyone needs me. So he took one and jumped. The minister turned to the Boy Scout and with a sad smile said, You are young and I have lived a rich life. So you take the remaining parachute and I'll go down with the plane. The Boy Scout said, Relax, Reverend. The smartest man in the world just picked up my knapsack and jumped out. We all, to a certain extent, have this improper love of ourselves, thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. But sadly for some, this pride is so deep, and it has hardened their hearts so much that they think they're the center of the universe, and they deny God because of it. It's as if they think they're so great that God could never bear spending eternity without them. Some even think that they are so special and unique that even the blood of Jesus is not enough to forgive their sins. I pray to God that you aren't one of those people. I pray to God that each of you here today has the humility to see who we are in relationship to God, recognize our need for a Savior, and give our sins to Jesus. What sin is it that you are wrestling with today? What secret sin in your life are you desperately hanging on to that you need to repent of? What walls have you put up that makes it difficult to see and hear from God? I urge you today with the same word that Peter preached long ago. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. True repentance consists of the heart being broken over sin and broken from sin. Some people repent often, yet never have reform. These people are like a man traveling down a dangerous path who frequently starts and stops but never turns back. I urge each of you today to turn back. If you have already turned back, then share the wor this word with someone you care about who is still walking that dangerous path, always looking over his shoulder but never turning around. There is no such thing as repenting too soon because you know, never know how soon it may be too late. It is a true saying that St. Augustine said long ago, there is one case of a deathbed repentance recorded, that of the thief on the cross, so that no one should despair, but only one, so that no one should presume. Let me lead you right now in a prayer of repentance before I close this podcast. Pray along with me right now. If you need to repent of your sins to Jesus today, and when you think about it honestly, who really doesn't have that need? Jesus, I am so sorry for my sins. All of them, every one, especially those I have struggled with for so long. Please forgive me by the blood you shed for me on Calvary. And please help me, give me the strength to say no to future temptations so that I will not walk into those sins again. I receive your forgiveness and your strength right now. Amen. If you prayed that prayer along with me today, I encourage you to walk strongly, move boldly through life today and in the future, trusting the blood Jesus shed for you to give you the victory over temptation and sin that he wants you to have. And as always, 
I look so forward to our next podcast, where we will move further into the book of Acts as the Holy Spirit uses His Word to help us walk daily in the power of God. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org. God bless.